0: Hello and welcome to the BTG Podcast. I am your host, Jen Fable, of BTG Wellness and LiveLifeUnbroken.com. BTG stands for Bridge the Gap, and it is inspired by my own healing journey. After receiving seven different mental health diagnoses by the age of 19, I quickly realized that there was a massive gap between what I believed and understood in my head and what I truly felt in my heart. And no matter how many therapists I went to, I couldn't seem to bridge that gap until I found the tools and information that I share in my one-on-one private sessions, trainings, and right here on this podcast. My goal is to help you begin to bridge that gap by bringing you different topics related to mental, emotional, and spiritual well-being. And in case you didn't know, this podcast is recorded live during my weekly Zoom virtual healing circles. These are weekly virtual gatherings that are 100% free and no RSVP is required, so you are welcome to come whenever you can and stay as long as you want. Each week, we open the space with a candle meditation, after which I will share with you my favorite grounding practices and lead you through a circle casting, guided meditation and breath work, followed by a soul-inspiring gratitude practice. If you are interested in learning more about how you can continue your journey and experience my virtual healing circles in real time, please visit www.btgwellness.com slash circle and join my free circle membership. Of course, if you like what you hear in today's episode, please remember to leave a review and share the love by sharing this episode with your friends, family, and social network. And as always, if you have any questions, please know you can always reach out to me through my website at www.btgwellness.com or through email or social media. Enjoy the episode! Welcome to the Virtual Healing Circle with me, Jen Fable of BTG Wellness and LiveLifeUnbroken.com. And tonight we're going to talk about the importance of behavioral flexibility. It does not sound like the sexiest of topics, I mean truly, and yet it is the crux of everything. If there is anything we've learned in the last couple years is that being flexible can get you a lot farther when things go ass sideways in the world. So why is this important? This is important because being able to adapt when life inevitably throws curveballs your way is the key to leading a content, successful, and peaceful life to something we all want. This is important because finding balance is not about false positivity. It's not about avoiding painful circumstances. It's about being able to be flexible in order to maximize the choice you have in every situation. And this is important because learning how to go with the flow and adopt a role of leadership and excellence in your life requires behavioral flexibility. So let's back up a moment and talk about this idea of being and living in balance. We often talk about this idea of I want to find balance, I want to live in balance, and often we think that means displaying equal amounts of opposing traits. If I'm naturally an introvert, I have to learn how to be more extroverted. If I am naturally very quiet, I have to learn how to be louder. The thing is, is that you can't be both of those things at the same time. And so it will often lead to inconsistent and unreliable judgments and perceptions. So the goal is not about showing equal strength in all preferences and all parameters, which is exhausting. Balance is about learning how to have behavioral flexibility. So the opposite of flexibility is rigidity, where flexibility is about seeing different perspectives. Rigidity is about seeing things as absolute, where flexibility is about considering different options and easily adjusting when things don't go as expected. Rigidity is about planning and planning and more planning, and all plans are expected to be followed completely and accurately in the exact order I said, so damn it. Any variation from the norm will always lead to anxiety, to misreading situations, to a need to control all situations in order to have the experiences match what you think inside, and eventually lead to anger or total breakdown or meltdown when things don't go as planned. So what exactly is behavioral flexibility? Behavioral flexibility is the ability to access the full spectrum of behaviors with some skill when appropriate. You don't have to be introverted and extroverted all the time. You have to be able to exhibit the behaviors of introversion and extroversion. You need to know how to do that with some skill and you need to know when to use what. You need to be flexible. Behavioral flexibility is an awareness of the fact that every single problem or situation has a number of solutions or appropriate responses, not just the first thing that pops up in your head. Behavioral flexibility neurologically is considered to be an executive function, which means it involves complex brain functions and it impacts working memory. It impacts decision-making. It impacts planning, self-understanding, empathy, Morality, emotional regulation, problem-solving, organization. So it's kind of a big deal. It's associated with academic achievement. It's associated with employment success, the successful transitioning to adulthood, as well as other optimal life outcomes. Now, when it comes to flexibility, there are two different types. There is cognitive flexibility, which is broadly defined as the mental ability to switch between thinking about two different concepts according to the context of a situation. So being able to see things from different perspectives. By the way, flexible thinking is a critical component of creativity, which is the ability to think of new ideas or make new things. Then there is behavioral flexibility, which refers to the adaptive change in behavior in response to changing environmental contingencies. Now, I'm going to get a little nerdy on you because it wouldn't be me if I didn't get a little nerdy on you. So flexibility is also something that is studied in the field of cybernetics. Cybernetics is the science of communication and control theory, and it focuses on the study of what are called circular causality or feedback of automatic control systems. This sounds really complex, but if you've ever used a thermostat in your home or in your car, then you are experienced with this kind of system. So you go over to the sensor on the wall that tells you what the temperature in the house is, and you turn it up by two degrees. And then you wait and see how you feel. And if everything is well, if you're now more comfortable, you let the system go. If not, you have reaction feedback. So you go and you turn it down a degree or you turn it up again. So basically, cybernetics is the study of feedback within systems. It has its origin in exchanges between a lot of different fields since the 1940s, including anthropology, mathematics, neuroscience, psychology, and engineering. And it is the precursor to things such as computing, artificial intelligence, cognitive science, complexity science, and robotics, among other things. So why am I bringing this up? Well, the very first law of cybernetics is called the law of requisite variety. What this basically means is that when you study an enclosed system, within that system, the most flexible part of the system will always dominate the system. In other words, the more flexible something is, the more will win. Now, this law of requisite variety was developed by W. Ross Ashby, who was a British cybernetician in the 1950s. It was originally used to describe self-regulating biological systems, such as how our nervous system works, which is also a cybernetic feedback loop. It's rapidly been seen as having relevance for other kinds of systems. Now, when it comes to behavioral flexibility, what this means is that the more flexibility a system has, the more successful it can be. You are a system. The more flexibility a system has, the more successful it can be. By the way, this is why toddlers are so good at getting their way. They have amazing behavioral flexibility. If they don't get their way, they will literally fall on the floor, shriek and cry and pull their hair out and turn blue holding their breath just to get their needs met. It's not socially appropriate, but it is highly flexible. Highly flexible. So, what does this mean for societies? I mean, think about this. As a result of the internet, our access to information has grown by leaps and bounds. It is way more complex than it was even 40 years ago. And yet, kids who've been growing up in the last 20 years have had less of an opportunity to develop behavioral flexibility because they have access to everything they want and they're constantly being told they can be anything they wanna be, which is wonderful. We thought telling kids they can do anything and be anything would help them find happiness and be more secure, because surely that's what was missing from our childhood. So if we give it to them, then they'll solve all the problems. And yet kids are struggling with depression and anxiety more so than ever, because they never developed behavioral flexibility. They don't know how to adapt. They don't know what to do when they don't get what they want. And this is now leading to a situation where a lot of the people in our society, the organizations and social systems that we have set up, which evolved to cope with a much lower level of variety and complexity of information, are no longer viable. This is why we're seeing the systems that were created 40, 50, 60 years ago, they're not working anymore. We have access to more complex information, which means our behavioral flexibility has to increase with it. Otherwise, we don't have access to dominate the system. So for these organizations and these individuals, the path back to viability requires that they find ways of increasing their flexibility. Right now, what we're seeing in society is an attempt to fix the problem by imposing more rigid and restrictive rules. You can see this playing out in a lot of countries around the world right now where we're trying to force things Once we learn as a society, which is built by individuals, which means that you have the power to make change, once we realize that behavioral flexibility is the key, not more rigidity, that's when we can start to move in the right direction. So how do you actually do this? Believe it or not, it's really quite simple. Expand your boundaries. That's it. Expand your boundaries. We talk a lot about boundaries and setting boundaries. And if you set it once and never go back to it, that is a wall. Boundaries are meant to be movable and negotiable. If you set a boundary five years ago with someone, are you still holding it or have you re-evaluated it? If you decided to cut someone off 10 years ago, are you still holding it or have you evaluated it? Expanding your boundaries means exposing yourself to different situations, different people, different perspectives, different experiences which will change how you show up in the world. Developing behavioral flexibility means being willing to resource with other people, or what we call in the coaching world interdependence. So codependency is when it takes two people to do one job. Like when you remind your teenager to set their alarm or brush their teeth. Two people doing one job. Independence is when it takes one person to do one job. Interdependence is when we understand that we can do it ourselves, but we choose to resource with other people because we know it gives us greater behavioral flexibility. It gives us more access to different situations, different people, different perspectives, different experiences. If I'm only working with the information, boinking around in my own noggin, I'm probably missing out on some opportunities to develop my behavioral flexibility. You can develop it by getting curious about the world and the people in it, which means you have to get rid of all the stories in your head and defense mechanisms and things that you tell yourself about what the other person might be thinking. What if they don't like me? And what if this? And what if that? And all the fear and all the doubt and all the guilt and all the shame and all the hurt. You have to move that out of the way. That will block you from seeing and experiencing New opportunities, which helps build behavioral flexibility. You can develop more behavioral flexibility by committing to always keep learning. Or, as my mentor says, when you're done, you're dead. If there's ever a point in your healing journey where you say, All right, I guess I'm done. There's nothing else for me to learn. Check yourself. <laughs> and you can develop more behavioral flexibility by learning the skill set and the mindset of flexibility. This is a skill set which means you don't have to be born with it. It can be learned. Go find someone who's teaching it and learn it. might just know someone. Holla. (laughs) So some key concepts to remember. Remember that the amount of success you experience in life is in direct proportion to the amount of behavioral flexibility you have access to. Get more to have more. Remember that working to increase your behavioral flexibility is about consistently expanding your boundaries. It's great that you set a boundary and have you reevaluated it? Have you allowed yourself to heal beyond it? Have you moved it to be in line with where you are now? Or are you in the same place, which means you found an area where you need to do a bit more growing? And remember that behavioral flexibility is a skill set. It is not something that you have to be born with. And otherwise, well, tough crap. No, it's a skill set, which means it can be learned. Go find someone who's talking about it and teaching it and learn it. And as always, I want to remind you to decide you want it more than you're afraid of it. Expanding boundaries can be terrifying if you still have all those stories in your head telling you that you can't do it and what are they doing? What are they thinking? Just decide you want it more than you're afraid of it. And that's always the decision that will move you closer to where you want to be.
1: I was tossed into um a bit of a chaotic turmoil last year, so I've had to reevaluate an awful lot of things and, and so I had to look at what was draining me and and uh, but I love that you talked about expanding your boundaries because otherwise I wouldn't be here. I would be kind of like doing whatever I normally do on a Thursday night. And uh And I've taken on some things that I I kind of threw away many, many, many years ago. And I've met so many wonderful people in the last eight, nine months uh, by just expanding my boundaries. But also, what I really find interesting about your topic tonight is how settling it makes you feel when you expand your boundaries, which I thought it was going to make me feel really uncomfortable and awkward. And, And in some instances, it really does. But other times, it just makes me feel more curious. And then it sparks a question to kind of go, oh, well, what's over there? And then what's over there? And it's almost now I'm like, hmm, you don't have enough time for this
0: curiosity. (laughs) So when do you know you've overloaded it? So when you start to think I may have overloaded it, it means that you need to start to prioritize it, right? So there's a difference between being expansive and expanding your boundaries and going way off the edge of the earth and being like, oh, too much. And so I always think about it, um, the mental image I have, uh, got to get the words for it. Do you remember, I don't know, they had them at the zoo and some malls where it was like this big wishing well thing. And it was usually for charity. And you put a coin in it, it would circle and circle and circle and slowly kind of go right into the middle of it. I always think about all the things and people in my life as coins on that. And I'm in the very center. And some things are circling around the outside slowly. And some things are right up close to me. And it is my job only to remain in the center and to allow the things to come to me as they are meant to come to me. And so when I find myself doing too many things, I check, am I dealing only with the stuff in that center part that's come to me? Or am I trying to drag things in because I should or I shouldn't or because someone said so? So it's how I kind of check myself. And see now sometimes I have a lot of things on my plate and I love every single one of them. And I still need to choose one that I have to back off of or I have to set new parameters. For instance, I sing in an all women's a cappella chorus and there are people who are heavily involved in it where they're in constant meetings. I know that if I do that, I'll start to hate it. It'll become an obligation and I never wanted that to happen. And so I have very strict boundaries around how I can participate in it. So I get to keep it in my life but with some parameters. For instance, my rule is I don't go to meetings. (laughs) I'll do anything they want. I won't go to a meeting. Meetings are just time that I don't want to invest, that I can be doing one of the other things I love. So that's how I found that balance. So sometimes it's about checking to see, am I trying to pull something and that's not ready yet? That's still on the perimeter. Or is it that all these things that are close to me, I need to start to set some differing boundaries with them so I can keep them all in my life. And it could be one or the other, or it could be a mixture of that. And yeah, when we let go, when we expand our boundaries, like you said, there might be moments of like, ah, but generally speaking, you feel more expansive. You feel like you have a better access to the world because you literally do. You literally do. And it is often only in extreme pain that we are willing to expand our boundaries. And some of us will only expand our boundaries when the universe puts a gun to our head and tells us we have to. It's not necessary. You can develop behavioral flexibility without the universe slapping you in the face with a two by four. And yeah, a lot of us get there by that method.
1: So by expanding your
0: boundaries, do you mean like, is it the same as expanding your comfort zone or? Expanding your boundaries is about looking and seeing where can I grow? So. For example, I for four years, went completely no contact with my sister at that point in my journey, setting that boundary was a big deal for me and was a hundred percent necessary for my own growth and safety. And we are now quite close, actually. <laughs> We've been talking and chatting and getting to know each other for the last year and a half, two years, and it happened because I didn't leave the boundary there. I didn't leave it at this place of, well, I set the boundary with her, and that's what I needed. Well, yeah, in that moment. And if I stay there, then I've created a wall, not a boundary. So going back and seeing, okay, am I ready yet to attempt a different kind of relationship? Am I ready yet to have a conversation? And there were a couple of, you know, missteps. There were a couple of misfires where I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. And I was like, nope, still getting triggered. So I went and I did some work on myself. And I worked to heal what I needed to heal so that I could Show up and redefine the boundaries. So, expanding your boundaries is about exposing yourself to different situations. It's about moving outside your comfort zone, but that doesn't necessarily mean like that means I have to fly to Peru and jump off a bridge. That could just mean I have to go have a conversation with a coworker who normally makes my skin crawl and I want to heal that so I can have different boundaries with them. That makes sense? Yeah. Cool. Awesome question. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways to expand our boundaries. A lot of us tend to go to the, you know, I'm going to go to Europe to find myself. And by all means, have at it. (laughs) And it doesn't have to be that dramatic. It doesn't have to be that dramatic. It could be reaching out to an old friend and saying, hey, you popped into my head today. I wanted to say hi. That's it. That's it. Nice and simple. Thank you again for joining me for this episode of the BTG Podcast, which stands for Bridge the Gap, with me, Jen Fable. Remember, if you want to experience my virtual healing circles in real time, visit www.btgwellness.com slash circle. And of course, if you have any questions at any time, please know you're always welcome to reach out to me through social media or through my websites at btgwellness.com, or through my coaching website, livelifeunbroken.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.